The flight deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org slash podcast. Hello and welcome to The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I am your host, Sean Mobley. Bessie Coleman is a name lost to history, though as an African-American and Native American woman, she became the first person of color in history to receive a pilot's license, so her name should be up there among the great early aviation pioneers. Her great-niece, Gigi Coleman, now travels the United States, sharing Bessie's story and inspiring young people of all races, but especially young women of color, to pursue careers in aerospace. Gigi recently visited the Museum of Flight and sat down with me to talk about Bessie's legacy and how we can find inspiration in her story today. Gigi Coleman, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here at the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. It's an honor to have you here. What brings you to the Museum of Flight today? Well, I'm here to tell Bessie Coleman's story in my one-woman production called The Bessie Coleman One-Woman Show. I'm the great-niece of Bessie Coleman, and I feel it's only fitting that I would be portraying my aunt and telling her story since I'm a living relative of hers. Now, for those who may not have heard of Bessie Coleman, can you give just the the big picture overview of who she is and what she contributed to aviation? Bessie Coleman was the first African-American, Native American woman to receive her international pilot license in the world in the 1920s. Bessie Coleman is another hidden figure. She received her pilot license two years before Amelia Earhart, but she wasn't ever in the history books because she was African-American and because she was a woman. As you've come to learn her story, were you, did you always know who your, your great-grand-aunt? Yes, my, uh, Bessie Coleman was my grandmother's uh, sister, uh, Georgia Coleman. And uh, my grandmother, Georgia Coleman, was the baby sister out of the 13 of the children that Susan Coleman had, which was my great-great-grandmother. Bessie Coleman was the 10th child. And growing up, uh, of course, I knew who Bessie Coleman was, but I really didn't understand the extent of what she contributed in the field of aviation because I was young and little. But I do remember the news media coming to the house and interviewing my granny uh, on the little red couch that we had in the living room. (laughs) Jerry Taft from Channel 7 would come and they would interview her. And um, they would drop flowers at her grave with Mr. Rufus Hunt. He was the Avonair pioneer with the Dodo chapter who would do the formation who were part of the Tuskegee Airmen at Gary Airport. And they would drop reefs at her grave. She's buried at Lincoln Cemetery, uh, the suburb of Chicago in Ossip, Illinois. You mentioned 13 kids, that has always on my mind too. The, the Bessie Coleman herself, an amazing woman, but her mother, a, a single mother for a large part of her life, raising yeah. 13 children. I don't know how she did it. I had twins. I have twin boys, John Cooper and Gerard Cooper. And I don't know how I raised the two, but <laughs> I t- they turned out to be wonderful young men and I'm very proud of them. Now, as you tell Bessie's story, what surprises people most about it? Well, people are surprised that a young African-American woman 
could do this in the 1920s, that she was so gutsy and brave, and she had so much charisma, you know, that she would go out, travel all over the world, uh, travel to France, to a country that she wasn't even sure of what, you know, what was going to happen to achieve her endeavors in life. And her story, I think, inspires all of us, not just the youth, that you could do whatever you want to in life as long as you try and strive for something and don't let nobody tell you what you cannot do because that was her motto. Never take no for an answer because every no brings you closer to a yes. And when she wanted to become a pilot in the U.S., she got a lot of no's. So what did she have to do to, to finally get that yes? Well, she talked to her mentor, Mr. Robert Abbott, who was the editor and publisher of the only black newspaper we had, um, which was the Chicago Defender, and he was always supportive of her. And he told her, well, Bessie, if that's what you want to do, go for it. So she um, applied to various aviation schools in Chicago, and they all said no because she was African-American and a woman. So she went to France. And so when she went to France... She learned a language that she didn't know on Michigan Avenue and uh, in Chicago, and then she took a, tr- a, a boat across the seas to a foreign country in France, and that's where she got her pilot license from the Credone School Brothers of Aeronautics, and it was um, called the Federation Aeronautic International, which is a certification that she got, which was renowned throughout the whole entire world. And she became the first African Native American, because her daddy was Cherokee Indian, becoming um, a woman of color and Indian to receive her international pilot license. Why is it so important that she was the first African American? Well, pilot? I think what made it so important is the fact that all the obstacles that she had to go through back in the 1920s, black people weren't even allowed to be in the airplane as a passenger, no let uh, fly airplanes. They didn't think black people had the intellect or the intelligence to do anything, and, and especially a woman, because even white women weren't allowed to do too much of anything. So that's what made it so remarkable. But by her being African-American, they kept everything hidden. Even to this day, you know, she's not in the history books as she should be. People still don't know her, even in the aviation community. Well, who's Bessie Coleman? See, someone that you should know. Now, what has surprised you the most about her story as you've come to, to know her and learn more about her? I don't know how she did it. I think she was crazy. <laughs> and my, and my uh, mother, my great-grandmother, uh, Susan Coleman, really thought, you know, that she had lost her rocker, but she had that perseverance to let nobody take her dignity and her pride and her determination to be something and her dream. Because that's all you have in life are your dreams and things that you want to do in life, your goals, and so, and her aspirations. So she pursued it and she did what she wanted to do. It's a blessing from God. Well, you talked a little bit about her training in France. And so she comes back to the United States and, and she might not be well known now, but at the time, was her training known? Was she a known figure in well, aviation? Well, she was known. She was known all over the world. But in the United States, you know, they like they even now, they kept a lot of things secret. 
that African Americans were accomplishing. So she was in the newspapers, but she was mostly in the African American newspaper, which was the only newspaper we had, which was the Chicago Defender newspaper. And they put maybe small articles in the newspaper about her in the uh, white newspapers, but um, she really wasn't known like she should have been. But she did still do daredeviling acts. They call it barnstorming because that was a way she decided to make money was so that she could open up an aviation school for her people since she realized in the United States no one was going to give African Americans a chance to uh, learn aviation and especially learn how to fly airplanes. And so that's what she wanted to do. So she decided to come back uh, from France and open up aviation school, do barnstorming to make money so that she could buy a little Jenny biplane. And that's what she did. Talk a little more about barnstorming. Barnstorming was a form of entertainment that pilots did. Um, they would wing walk, which was walking on the outside of the airplanes. They would do parachute jumps. They would do figure eights, loop to loops, uh, banking, tail spins. That's where you get in the airplane and you have the airplane going and uh, you would stop the engine. And, but you would start it right back up before it hit the ground or you would die. So she was one of those type of people. She loved the daring this stunt, the more she wanted to do it. And she also felt that the freedom that she had up in the sky was so wonderful and great because the freedom on the ground, she, black people just didn't have. It was an escape in some Yes, way. it was. What are some takeaways from her story that you think are particularly inspirational for young people, but especially for young women of color who might be interested in aviation? I think what's ins inspiring about Bessie Coleman is the fact that she did not take no for an answer. And if it's something you really want in life, you have to pursue it. And you have to go for it, go for your dreams, but you have to be qualified for these positions. So that's why it's so important to stay in school, get involved in STEM, and uh, to you know, embrace these areas of study because it's so many baby boomers that are retiring now and they're gonna need pilots and air traffic controllers and uh, air dispatchers and mechanics because right now it's only 100 African-American female pilots in the civilian and non-civilian. So that's really low. That's horrifyingly low. Yes, it is. And what are you doing? What resources are you trying to get out there for folks, uh, young people who are interested? Well, I started an aviation school, like Aunt Bessie. That's what she wanted to do when she came back from France. So I started one in 2013 called the Bessie Coleman Aviation All-Stars. And it's designed to work with at-risk youth uh, kids who never thought about aviation as a career, to inspire them to think about careers, to learn about the history of what African-Americans had to go through, uh, to learn how to fly flight simulators, to go on various field trips where they get to see actual pilots, um, flying airplanes, air traffic controllers, uh, in the air traffic control towers working and learning about all these areas that they can go into and also getting their drone certification at the age of 16. We provide that and we also provide them um, the means and we pay for the cost for them to take the test. Anything else you want to share before we wrap up? We're having a uh, first our first fundraiser April 13th at the B. Coleman Aviation, which is a FBO fixed base 
operator um, is at Gary Airport. It was named after my great aunt. It's a $10 million hangar. And we're having our fundraiser. Uh, it's $50 for tickets. Uh, you can look on our website called the Bessie Coleman Aviation All-Stars.org to get information. And we would love for you to come out. If you can't come out, if you can donate, we need money for our aviation equipment, for our flight simulators, our drone simulators, also for our various field trips that we uh, take the students on because we try to take them to various airports as well as corporate aviation headquarters like Exelon and FedEx and various organizations. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Au revoir. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. Gigi Coleman was one of many great speakers who visit the Museum of Flight each month. Any given week, we've got at least one public program happening. So check out the calendar on our website, museumofflight.org, to see what's coming up at the museum. And if you think you're going to visit more than one or two programs, consider getting a membership to the Museum of Flight, which will get you into the museum for free all year. You'll find links to some of the organizations Gigi mentioned in our show notes. And you can find the show notes at museumofflight.org podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. You can contact the show at podcast at museumofflight.org. And until next time, this is your host, Sean Mobley, saying to everyone out there on that good earth, we'll see you out there, folks. Music